Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. With your chance to be heard, give your opinion, bash on the liberals, even make fun of the wacky left. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Thank you. Great to be here. I'm Andy Griffin. Uh, this is the Andy Griffin Show. Thanks for tuning in. Back in town, I spent yesterday up in Salt Lake, even did this morning show from uh, Salt Lake Community College, Jordan Campus, uh, doing baseball. It's a lot of fun. I have uh, Don Wellamy in, in studio with me today. Don, what's up, man? Not much. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you here. I uh, appreciate you coming in and spending a few minutes with us. Don is the uh, CEO, is that what we call it, or just the president? You, you, are the, you are the Chamber of Commerce guy. Whatever you want to call me. The main man. <laughs> He's the main man. And he has a, a glow about him. There's a reason, folks. He just got back from Hawaii. <laughs> Good trip, though, right? Good trip. Went with the entire in-law side of my family. So. That, that can make it more challenging, yes? Or... You know, it's, <laughs> I had some hesitations when the, the trip was booked, but, it, you know, it, it turned out so great. A, just a memorable trip to spend with my my entire in-laws side of the family. So it was great. You're a good man. You're a good man. I don't think I could go for a week with my in-laws anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a day or two, but not a week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, I trust it. Uh, Hawaii was one of those that was really weird about COVID-19 and testing and quarantine and stuff. Have they, have they relaxed finally out there in Hawaii? Not, not too much. And it was, oh, really? it was interesting because the CDC just came out with the recommendation that if you're vaccinated, you're good. You're good. No more masks. And uh, we had heard, uh, we didn't watch any news while we were out there, local news at least. Um, and But we had heard from locals that the state was basically saying, ignore the CDC. <laughs> we're still doing masks. And we're like, come on. The CDC just said, <laughs> "Wow, at least take yeah. that, right? <laughs> we have a little bit of that going on here in Cherry Creek because we're owned by a company in Colorado. Uh-huh. And so they have a lot of the restrictions are still in place, even though, I mean, I've been vaccinated, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. okay. Uh, I actually, uh, we, we had a couple of ways we got around some of those rules. If you're eating, you don't have to wear one, right? <laughs> Just so constantly. Had, one, one of our workers here would walk around with a little piece of toast at all times so that if they got called and they're like, oh, I'm eating. I, I can't work. So I'm not going to say who that was, Ernie, but it was uh, one of our, one of our coworkers here, uh, Anyway, uh, great to have Don here. You've probably been out of the loop a little bit, but not too much. I'm sure your your assistants help help keep you up to date. Uh, I understand uh, you, one of your assistants, Jordan, had a pretty successful in the last couple of weeks over there with the Republican Party. Did, didn't he win something or other? Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we we keep that separate from the chamber. We're a nonpartisan sure, organization, sure. Um, but separate in his own personal life. He. I will be serving as the vice chair of the Republican Party for the state. That's pretty cool, though. So that's, it's a, that's pretty cool. It's awesome for Southern Utah to have that representation. It's, uh, it's been a little while since we've had someone from St. George or Southern Utah in that role. And and so it, it's nice to know that we've got a voice that can represent those, the that the Republican Party, the conservative uh, candidates and, and uh, voters here in this part of the state. I had um, Adley Elison, uh, was a guy that I did, you know, I've been doing sports here for 30 years, and he was one of the stars out in Hurricane a few years back, mm-hmm. and they had some pretty darn good football teams. And it's good to see Adley on, on the uh, staff there now at the St. George Area Chamber of Commerce. We're building the dream team. Yeah, awesome. Now, Don, you've been here, what, I want to say, a year and a half, two years almost? In this role, uh, yeah. yeah. I celebrated a year in January. Okay, so going on a year. It and feels half. like yeah. 10 years, though. 
I remember you at one of the events that you were hosting, you got up there and says, yes, I'm the guy that, uh, you know, took the job and then COVID hit. <laughs> Quite an adjustment you had to go through. But uh, you've got to feel pretty proud that you've been able to navigate these shark-infested waters the way you have. You know, it's it's been it's been awesome to see. And, and I think it proves not just the strength of our community, but the strength of the chamber community, too. It's It's, you know, many chambers across the nation, they shut down. I mean, and some of them have not reopened. They've permanently shut down. Um, and for us, that wasn't going to be ever an option. It was always going to be, how do we pivot? How do we support? And, and we did some pretty big things um, while other chambers and organizations just said, ah, we're, you know, we're, we're going to take a break. You know, we went, we, we rolled up our sleeves. We got to work. We supported and, and we've come out stronger than we've ever been. I want to ask you, and you can defer or deflect the question a little bit if you want, but uh, we're a very conservative town, but there are elements in town, business owners in town, who are not necessarily conservative. So you have to, as you said, you have to kind of remain neutral. Is that really hard to do in St. George, knowing that there's a good high percentage of people who are pretty pretty, uh, uh, you know, right-leaning? No, I don't think so at all, right? I mean, when when we look at the chamber, it all, it all comes down to focus, right? So when we think about... What is the role of a chamber? What does a chamber do? Uh, we're we're always based on issues, right? So we don't we don't get into the middle of, of a political fight um, ideologically. We always come back to is it good for business, right? right. And right. traditionally, I mean, a, a conservative agenda is is a pro business agenda. Sure. And um, I mean, there are times that we push back against St. George City, um, other cities where we say, look, this may not be the best. Uh, the best policy or the best uh, route to go to support our businesses and to grow our economy. It's not from a political standpoint ever. It's, it's from, uh, is it in the best interest of our business community? Is it in the best interest of our community? Is it preparing future workforce? Is it supporting businesses? Is it generating jobs, high paying jobs, right? Yeah. Are we moving the right direction there? And so that's where the chamber stands. And so it's, it's actually really easy. I mean, it comes down to those issues. Are there times where you find yourself having to balance one business's goals versus another business's goals? You're trying to serve them both, and they don't necessarily have the same goal in mind. Yeah, we've, you know, we, we definitely have had um, some of those conflicts that have arisen. And uh, the, the, the best thing we do is communication, right? Clear communication. And um, Again, for us, we, we, we take a broader approach. So we, we try not to get into the weeds too much yeah, right. um, because that's where we do get into those issues. Uh, but more so just say, again, we come back to, is it good for business? And so we, we try not to get into the, the trench of pitting one business or industry against another. Um, but, you know, for, for example, we have many members who are in the healthcare industry, right? right, right. And at times it could feel like, oh, well, are, is, are you supporting this uh, company over this company? No, our, our responsibility is to advocate uh, for, uh, for all of those industries. And so we take a higher level of, of how we look at supporting them. They all have access to networking, all have access to professional development through the chamber. On the public policy front, um, we, we weigh very carefully of how we move forward and we make sure that we're not hurting one member by helping another member. Yeah, and and uh, that's a full time job, I suppose. It's more than full time <laughs> job. That, that happens. <laughs> um, uh, we I've been lucky enough to really I've been had had this job maybe a month or two. This is back uh, two and a half years ago, and uh, 
my boss came to me. I, I never had this kind of job. I, for most of my career, I've been either a sports writer or sports broadcaster or both. Uh, and and uh, there was a while right before I got this job where I was an editor of a local paper, and not sports editor, but actual news editor. And, and so I had to learn fast. And when I got this job, uh, one of my bosses came to me after a couple of weeks and said, so are you going to Chamber of Commerce? And I said, why would I do that? I don't own a business, you know. <laughs> and he says, well, uh, it's important that you go because, number one, obviously the networking part of things, getting to know other people, <laughs> is it getting our name out there. But he said also that, you know, if you go to Chamber of Commerce, you become part of the community. And, and I think, isn't that ultimately, Don, not your only goal, but one of your goals is to have Chamber be a community-minded uh, a place. That's exactly it. I mean, we, we talk about the Chamber being a family, right, a, a Chamber family, because we want to bring in, and we have such a broad array of members, right? We have nonprofits, we have for-profit, and then we have every industry you can imagine represented uh, within the Chamber. And, and the goal is to bring us together for a common purpose, a common, common goal, um, and that's because we care and we love about our, we, we love our community here. We want it to thrive. We want to be able to keep our children and grandchildren here with good, high-paying jobs. We want to, to create an environment that welcomes, right, that, that, that can be for everyone here in southern Utah. And so businesses are part of that. They care about that. They deeply care about that. Yeah. And so they're invested in making that happen. I, you know, I, I just lost one of my sons to Salt Lake. He got a higher paying job up, yeah. up in Salt Lake City and uh, took a couple of grandbabies with him. I'm not very happy about that. Mm, yeah. Uh, and and actually right now I have five children. One of them still lives at home. The other four live up in northern Utah. And so I'm, I'm right on board with you, Don. I want this to be a place where they can all live. And at, at this point in their lives, uh, my three sons in particular have all said, Dad, I can't live in Washington County because the pay's not good enough, especially when you consider the price of housing. Um, I, I, I don't know what the answer is, Don. I know that that is definitely – probably you've had a sleepless night or two about uh, thinking about things like that. A lot of sleepless nights. I mean, that's I'm, – I'm thankful that we have groups in the community that are, are helping to lead the charge in some of these areas. Um, and when we talk about the housing situation and, and affordable or attainable housing – uh, there's a coalition we had. We actually uh, had them present to the Chamber Board of Governors last week to mm -hmm. discuss how what more we can be doing. Um, you know, a lot of this is the free market is is will drive this right. These forces will drive it, um, but we've got to be cautious because there's so much intervention that we see in government that when we say the free market, we don't. It's not a true free market, right? There's a lot of yeah. caps and regulations and interest and, rates and, and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Yeah, so it's heavily regulated, right? It's mm -hmm. not a true free market. Um, and so there is a place and a position for government and then for organizations like the chamber to stand up and say, hey, time out. We need we need to talk about this. Right. We can't we can't uh, we can see that side of it. But have we considered this? Right. So how are how are we making housing more affordable and more attainable? And, and you're just spot on is, you know, those those housing costs are rising so quickly. But the pace of pay is not it's rising. Not, yeah. um, ironically, I actually found a, a document the other day uh, internally um, where it was a, an offer letter and it was for a full-time administrative assistant and the pay was $20,000. Oh my gosh. And I just and that's full-time? That was full-time, right? Oh and, boy. And I won't say what year it's from, but I mean, it, it feels like that should have been 20 years ago, right? right? I mean, it should have been a long, long time ago. Yeah, 1979 yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. That, that pay would have been, that, that would have been a, a decent at least a, a, you know, a living wage at that time. But, but right now, I mean, we have to really consider 
is is this a place where you can attract that type of talent and retain that talent? And there are definitely some pretty significant barriers that we're going to have to we're going to have to lower or figure out a way to mm-hmm. to uh, adjust. Well, and you talked to, and by the way, I had Wes Davis on. You had him as one of your guest speakers. Yeah. Great, brilliant mind. Oh, uh, absolutely. Full of information. Uh, and we talked about the fact that, you know, we have all these, uh, uh, housing is not affordable for a young person. Uh, I can't even imagine, you know, we bought our first house. It wasn't that long ago, and it was like $67,000 or seventy four or something like that. Uh, and now, honestly, I mean, how much money do you have to make to qualify because a, a what we would call a starter house is 300 grand now. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. But, but as we talk about the affordable and attainable and sustainable uh, housing, uh, the, the one thing I've heard a few people say is we're going to build all these apartments and we're going to keep building and keep building and keep building. And 15, 20 years from now, these places are going to be, some of them are going to be slum like, uh, is that something that we have to consider and worry about? You know, I think you always want to consider, uh, you're the landlord, right? I mean, and that's what it, that's what it comes down to is mm. the, the landlord. How are they maintaining? And it's not an apartment complex versus a house. I mean, you can have the same situation, right? Sure. It's, it's that property owner. And what are we doing as a community to encourage that, right? We want, we want people to take care of the property, right? To take pride in that property, to, to have the means to be able to do that. Um, and so, I mean, there, there's some regulations in place uh, through, through the government where, uh, you can, I mean, they can find you for not keeping it up, mm. but I think the key is that you want to have the right players, right? The right collaborators. We want people that are part of the team that want to see, um, that see the future, right? That can see the opportunity and they want to be a, a part of that, not just, you know, build and take. Right. Right. Now, visionary. We yeah. want a visionary. Yeah, a- yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, we don't have a ton of time. I did want to ask you about some of the happening, the events happening. Uh, if I were to walk up to Don Willie and say, Don, what's the most exciting thing uh, that, what's the thing you're most excited about that's happening in, in St. George here in the next few weeks? Uh, what, what would you answer? And don't say Hawaii because you're home now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I couldn't wait to get back. I, I love, I love where we live and, and it's nice to get away, but it's always, it's so nice to come home and, and to be here. Um, this is home for us. This is our, our community and uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just exciting. Oh, the few next few weeks, there's so much that's going on. I, I do actually want to make mention about something a little bit further out than a few okay. weeks. Okay. Because this is really exciting. Um, but in the past, the Chamber has held a business conference or summit of sorts, um, and we've completely uh, rebranded this. We didn't do it last year because of COVID. Right. Um, and we just announced uh, and went live with the website, the St. George Business Summit, and this year, the theme is Rise. So it's called the Rise Summit. Nice. And it's all about helping our businesses rise up, our community rise up to the challenges that we're facing, to the opportunities that are ahead of us. And so this will be on September 7th and 8th at the Dixie uh, Convention Center. And we're just thrilled. We have some huge speakers that are going to be announced in the next few weeks, um, some big names uh, here locally, uh, up in, uh, in northern Utah, and then also from uh, around the nation. So we'll, wow. we'll be announcing those. but. Again, this is about empowering our businesses to go to the next level, teaching valuable skills, inspiring them uh, to rise up to those challenges and the opportunities that are coming our way. Business Summit, that entails, so it's going to be like a two-day kind of thing, and there will be meals involved and workshops and things like that. What, do, do, have you, do you have the format down yet? Yeah, so dinner the night before. Um, so we'll have a dinner uh, that will just be more relaxed. We'll probably uh, have a, a speaker that evening, uh, uh-huh. and then 
on the 8th. So the 7th is when the dinner will be. The 8th it will be the all-day uh, business summit. So that's where uh, we'll have main stage speakers. We'll have a, kind of a TED Talk series awesome. as part of that. Where and, and what day of the week is that, by the way? So that is a Wednesday. So Tuesday, Wednesday. And that's okay. uh, right after Labor Day. So Very cool. And uh, speakers, uh, motivation, uh, will there be uh, you know, you know, kind of hands-on type stuff, or is it mostly sit-and-listen type stuff? Um, it's going to be a good blend, so I'm not okay. going to give away too much yet. Right. We've, we've got some <laughs> exciting uh, plans in the works, but uh, it'll be a very interactive experience. Uh, again, the best way to learn is not just to sit and listen, but actually to be able to practice, to be able to, to engage. And so we want to, we'll have uh, plenty of ways for all of our businesses to jump in and actually uh, work on, on their businesses while they're, while they're part of this. Has, has this been for you, not talking about necessarily this specific event, but has this been for you something that's been important as you took over the Chamber of Commerce to try to get some bigger events, some, some things that people can get excited about and, and look forward to? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's been exciting to see that really all are already come to fruition. We had our Element Awards. We recognized yeah. uh, 15 women in our community. Uh, this fall, uh, we'll be releasing this, uh, but we'll have our CEO of Southern Utah Award recognition event where uh, we'll be recognizing uh, CEOs who are movers and shakers in the community and the good that they're doing, uh, not just to build their business, but how do they give back? How do they invest into yeah. building a better community? And so we want these opportunities where we can celebrate. We want to be able to celebrate businesses. We want to celebrate the economy, celebrate our community. Uh, and so we're finding better ways, bigger ways to do that. Will, will there be uh, opportunities to meet uh Kind of handshake meet some of these uh, these these big leaders. I know, I know you introduced. What are their names again? The Ram Company, the uh, the Ganowskis. Ganowskis, yeah. yeah. I didn't get to meet them, but you. I know you honored them and and brought them. It was so cool to hear their story and listen to what they do and who they are. And and actually, you know, they say opposites attract. Seem like they're kind of opposites, the husband <laughs> and wife there. But it works, doesn't it? It works perfectly. Yeah, I think that's they are like case in point of that and. And that's it. We want to tell stories, right? We, we, there's so many cool businesses and so many amazing individuals that we don't know their story, right? They're, yeah. They kind of fly under the radar, and it isn't until they get an award that people know what they do and the impact in the community. And, I mean, the Ganowskis are, are just that prime example. They, they kind of fly under the radar, but they've given back so much to the community, to the university, to, to other businesses, to local nonprofits, Um those are the stories we want to tell. We want to we want to raise awareness because that empowers and inspires all of us to to do more and to to be a part. By the way, Wednesdays are Chamber of Commerce luncheon days. Uh, that's today, so noon today. Uh, where are you guys at today? What are we talking about? So eleven thirty, we'll be at the Abbey Inn. Uh, we've got Ryan Reeder, who is the director of the Department of Workforce Services for our area. Oh, okay. And with the employment crunch that we feel, and uh, businesses not being able to hire uh, employees. Uh, we've got him coming to talk to us about some unique things that they can that businesses can do to actually find and, and retain talent. It seems like to me, Don, that uh, it's a reality that there are jobs out there that are being unfilled. Uh, we've we've seen. I know you've seen. I've seen it online on Facebook where people that uh, you know are running a restaurant or a retail store say, "Hey, we've got to cut our hours back, not because we don't have customers, but because we don't have workers." That's a crazy reality, isn't it? It's it's a tough reality. And, and frankly, we've had this conversation a lot in the chamber over the last few weeks. I mean, we're, we're a booming economy. We're, we're on a very strong trajectory. But employment and housing costs are going to be the two things that can really inhibit that growth. And so yeah. they're a reality. Businesses are struggling. You know, I, I would say to everyone who's listening, uh, being a consumer, be patient with businesses. I mean, look, be understand the plight that they're in. Um, 
I mean, they're they're not struggling <laughs> to, no, no. Uh, to to thrive. They're doing really well, but it's just challenging. I mean, if you don't have the workforce, just imagine being that short staff that you have to cut back hours um, or keep your dining room closed in some instances. So yeah. uh, be patient. Uh, have a, have a little bit of leniency right now uh, as our businesses pick back up and and we get workers back into the economy. We're grateful that the the governor's declining the. Uh, uh, surplus on the unemployment yeah. side because that yeah. will get workers back engaged in the economy and and we think will help to some extent but yeah we've we've got some bumps in the road but we're we're excited to meet those challenges head on and and uh, help our businesses thrive i remember as a teenager uh, we call it beating the bushes trying to find a job you know <laughs> and i'll probably I, I remember one time i must have filled out 25 or 30 applications and got one interview and you know didn't get any of the jobs and i was just like oh my gosh what do i have to do to get a job my 17 year old daughter i think she has she has a job she's quitting one job and starting another because it pays better and she has offers on there's like three or four places that want to hire her she's 17 years old has no skills except for she's 17 years old and that's a reality of things right now. I got so. declined. My first job I applied for was training table in Salt Lake, and mm. I uh, did an interview, and I got declined. And I just think, you know, if right now I could have 20 offers. And I, yeah. <laughs> I at the training table. That's a place they call in your order from yeah. your table. Huh? doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's dead now. Huh? Oh, that's too bad. Well, Don, it's always a pleasure to see you in here. Uh, I appreciate that you come in every month and keep us updated. I know that some people are like, well, what new businesses are coming? What new businesses are coming? Uh, and, and I know... Uh, that's something you keep an eye on. But, uh, you know, at this point, a lot of new businesses. A lot. I mean, we're seeing so many businesses move in. It's exciting for us. It's exciting to see it. Definitely uh, brings more. I mean, we're seeing a lot of food, new foods that are coming uh, to the area. We're seeing a lot of professional services that are coming as as our community grows, the economy grows. Uh, so this is really an exciting time. And I would definitely encourage all, all the listeners to make sure they're following the Chamber Facebook and Instagram page. It's at St. George Chamber to follow all of those new businesses that we're welcoming, doing ribbon cuttings for and celebrating their, their uh, joining our community. He's Don Willie, CEO of the St. George Area Chamber of Commerce. Thank you, Don. Thank you. This is America for crying out loud. Traditional, conservative, capitalistic. Let's band together and melt the snowflakes on The Andy Griffin Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 890, 94.9. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Yeah, this is America for crying out loud. We ought to have a show about guns for crying out. Oh, hey, Brett. Hey, Brett Pruitt is How are we doing? What's going on, Brett? Brett uh, is our firearm specialist. Absolutely. Melting snowflakes. I like that. <laughs> Uh, I, I uh, played that for my son, my oldest son, and he was and he's a big gun advocate, uh-huh. a big, big, uh, uh, you know, kind of a Republican uh, uh, conservative guy. And he's like, Dad, you might offend some people with that, uh, with that. I'm, I, I'm like, well, you know what? OK, yep. <laughs> I'm good with that. Taking offense is a choice. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> Brett Pruitt runs. Uh, he's over at Rowdy's Reigns. He runs Firearms University, which uh, we've talked about some in the past, but I thought maybe we could dive in a little more and talk Talk about firearms uh, university, what you guys do, what your goal is. Uh, before we jump into that, mm-hmm. though, uh, we're past that time where uh, you can actually carry a gun now without a permit. Without a permit, anyone mm-hmm. uh, twenty-one years of age or older who is not prohibited from possessing a firearm right. can carry a concealed firearm. And yes, it can be loaded. There's some confusion. The original bill, um, the way it was written the gun would still have to have that two actions, two actions the statutorily yeah. unloaded the amendment that 
got into the bill and was eventually signed by the governor, the gun can be fully loaded round in the chamber. You're good to go. That's funny because I actually had this conversation like four days ago with mm-hmm. my son who was, uh, he was going to, my, my son moved from here to Salt Lake. Okay. Uh, he was going to have my other son drive his vehicle for him. He says, oh, I better get my gun out of there. And, and my other son's like, why? It's legal now to have it there. And, uh, you know, and, and I could even carry it. And my other son's, oh, it's loaded. You can't, you, it's loaded. I can't have you doing that. Yeah. yeah. And and I said, well, I think that's changing Dallas. And he's like, no, nah, I, I don't think that part of it's changing. So it's glad that I'm glad that you can yep. clear this up. Yeah. No, it, there's a lot of people that are, that are coming in the shop that are still thinking it has to be statutorily unloaded. That's not the case. It can be fully loaded. Um, I've verified with very reliable sources. Nice. So, yeah, it can be fully loaded. Uh, one of the things that you and I have talked about, and, and thank you again for coming in. Brett's yeah. been coming in once a month for the last, what, three, four months Three, now? four months, yep. Um, one of the things that we talked about is, you know, there's a lot of fear of guns, and, and it's usually fear of unknown is why, because mm-hmm. people aren't familiar, you know, you know with them. Uh, but I thought it would be good, you know, as we we start getting into your, talking about your classes, uh, to talk about educating people about guns because uh, I still even even me, you know, and and, and I'm I'm a I'm a proponent of, mm-hmm. of guns. I still think, well, maybe I don't put one in the chamber just in case. Sure. And, again, is this uh, fear of unknown still a little bit for me? It could be. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be somebody doesn't feel they're capable enough to carry a gun with a round in the chamber it could be a fear of the machine itself mm-hmm. not trusting the machine uh, to be fully safe when it's completely loaded um could be several factors there i am not a it has to be done this way kind of guy right, right um we've learned that about you. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um you know i i have strong opinions about what works and what doesn't work and mm-hmm. and whatnot but I'm not insistent on those things. Uh, I simply suggest and explain why I suggest that and let the student make their own decision. But, yeah, a lot of it is fear, discomfort, you know, and um, that that part is somewhat easy to overcome in training. Um, it, repetition is kind of where it's at as far as, learning how to shoot a gun, learning how to draw a gun, learning how to safely handle a gun. Um, Being safe with a gun is a habit. It's a practice that's repeated every single time. And so, yeah, I think it's not too hard to work past the fear of the unknown or the not trusting the equipment. Might. My son and I uh, went with some friends out to BLM Arizona land mm-hmm. and did some shooting out in the wilderness. And by the way, I'm, I'm much better on the range than I am in the wilderness. <laughs> but but so we've got we've got a couple of rifles, but most of our arsenal were, were pistols, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I wanted to shoot. That's what he wanted to shoot just to to test our acumen. And he walks way out there, and I'm like, uh, "Where are you going?" He says, "Well, I'm going to put some targets up for us to hit." And I said. Uh, I'm not planning on using my pistol to shoot 50 <laughs> yards away. I mean, right. that, that seemed like a bad idea. Let's come a little closer. And he's like, oh, God, this will be fun. And I mean, we did get some skeet shooting and stuff like sure. that. But, uh, you know, as far as a pistol's concerned, I don't think, I mean, yes, you want to be accurate with your gun, but I don't think it's very fruitful, Brett, to practice, you know, a 100-yard shot or a 75-shot or a 50-yard shot when you're carrying a handgun because that's not the shot you need if you ever do need it. Right. If if you're if we're talking about defense, sport, games, that's, that's a different animal. Sure. But if you're carrying a gun for defense, a 50-yard shot is extremely implausible 
uh, let alone every shot you fire if you're carrying a gun, you must justify why you fired that round. Right. And in, especially in an urban environment, 50 yards is a long way. There's yeah. a lot of buildings and businesses and people and cars and stuff right. between you and 50 yards away. It's going to be awfully hard to justify that the opponent was an imminent threat to you. So from it's, 50 yards away. Yeah, yeah, from 50 yards away. So is it possible? Yes. Is it probable? No. Highly improbable. All right, so let's talk about some of the classes that you offer at Firearms University, because I'm fascinated. I want to take some of these. Sure. Um, we do a basic firearm safety class. There's no shooting in that one. It just, we go over the gun, uh, loading it, unloading it, taking it down for cleaning, cleaning it, putting it back together. Um, that you, you talk about fear of the unknown. A lot of people are terrified to take their gun apart for the first time. Yeah. Worried what if, what that if they're, it goes off? Or what if I can't put it back together? You know? <laughs> so, um, so that that's the very basic class that we have. I've, I've done that with the engines before. Uh, yeah. you know, take it apart and then I can't get it back. There's together. always a couple of parts left yeah. over when we <laughs> put it back together. But um, and then we offer. And, and does that focus on handguns, by the way, or is that any gun? Any gun. Okay. Yeah, that'll do any gun. Um, and then we offer what's called a foundations class. It's a four-part class, and it basically goes over everything you need to learn to shoot a gun, handle a gun, deal with any malfunctions that might occur, and read your target to see what errors you're inducing into your shooting. Hmm. So the goal of that class is once you're done with it, you'll be able to go out to the range yourself without an instructor, practice, determine what's going on with your shots, and correct those errors, hmm. And deal with any malfunctions if they occur um, and get the gun back up and working. So that goal is, or that class is designed to make you somewhat self-sufficient in your training regimen so you don't need an instructor. Okay, you're pulling your shot or you're anticipating or you're healing the grip or your left hand's too loose, too tight, whatever. You'll be able to tell that based on where your, your holes are in the target. That sounds like a valuable class and one I need. That first one, I don't know. I think I'm okay because mm-hmm. I can take my gun yeah. apart. And yeah. stuff. Second class sounds right up my alley where, where I can de- develop some confidence sure. in what I'm doing because there are times still, and I usually have my son around who's more of an expert. Yeah. There are times still where I'm like, now why did it do this, AJ? I don't understand that. Yeah, so. yeah and that's what that, cl- that class is designed to do. There's a lot of people with a lot of gun experience out there. Mm-hmm. There's fewer people with formal gun training and in the training world we we always say well you don't know what you don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's true yes yeah, so. you don't even know you don't know because right. you don't know it that's right so um i i find that formal training regimented training uh helps people learn what they don't know and then they can apply that in ways that helps them understand what's going on why the gun is doing what it's doing or why the bullet's going over there and not here. So that's a, a an extremely popular class. That's probably our, our most popular class. Very cool. All right, what else do we offer out there? Uh, we do three- and five-day classes. Those are some pretty heavy-duty classes, um, soup to nuts. We go over some, usually the first day is fundamentals, and then the following days are going to be tactics. So uh, a lot of people think if you're Walking down a hallway, you should be hugging the walls. It's exactly the opposite of that. Um, and we explain, really? yes. yeah. But, we, but every cop show has them <laughs> hugging the walls, what, man. They do, absolutely. <laughs> and every cop show shows a cop walking up within arm's distance of, with his uh, gun 
sticking out for the bad guy to grab it too. Right, so, right, it's true. Yeah, don't get tactics from TV, guys. Don't <laughs> don't do it. Um, you mean Hollywood is lying to us, Brett? <laughs> Just a little is bit. That what you're saying? A little bit. <laughs> so um, so those are popular classes, um, but those are expensive and they require a lot of rounds. And with the ammunition shortage right now, a little difficult. My favorite class. Um, it's one I developed when I was teaching at the the law enforcement academy. It, it it's a spinoff of an officer survival class I taught, and it's uh, it's called counter criminal psychology. Oh, I yeah, love that stuff. Yeah, it's it's a hard sell in the training world because we're not shooting, we're not running around and rolling in the dirt and all of that stuff. But it it goes over criminal psychology, uh, victim select, selection process, the Grayson Stein study. Um, we go over some other ideas, um, Colonel Boyd's Oda loop and whatnot. And I, I, you might have to explain that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Colonel Boyd was a, um, a fighter pilot in the air force and he, um, developed dog fighting techniques, um, for air force combat fighter jets. Okay. And I'm going to call timeout okay. because I do have to get this commercially in. Yeah. But I want you to explain okay. what Very you're good. talking about. Very good. loop so, after the commercial. Oodle loop after the commercial. Uh, we will take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, more with Brett Pruitt from Rowdy's Range and Firearms University, learning a lot today and finding out how we can learn even more. Uh, real quick, Joe Shoney. He's a loan consultant. His specialty is customer service. Uh, call Joe today and find out how a loan officer is supposed to be. Not a guy that calls you up at 3 o'clock, 3.15 on a Friday and says, you got to get down here and sign these papers right now. That's not the way Joe works. Instead, he keeps you informed all along the way so that when a decision, uh, a big decision comes up, you already knew it was coming. And you're not panicked and you're not worried and you can get it taken care of. It's Joe Shoney. The online reviews don't lie. Four or 4.96 out of 5 stars online for Joe. Give him a call right now. 435-590-6300. We'll be back with more with Brett Pruitt after this. We're interactive at the Andy Griffin Show. Call in now at 673-5890. Text in at 435-467-5842. Email at agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. Let your voice be heard on the Andy Griffin Show. And we will be taking a couple of phone calls in just a moment. I hate to put you off, but Brett's got a stories in the middle of it. Let's get get back to the o- Oda Loop. Is yes. that what you're called? Yeah, okay. O-O-D-A stands for Observe, Orient, Decide, and Act. Ooh. And Colonel Boyd devised this as the process we go through okay. in all of our decision-making. Observe, Orient, Decide, decide and, and Act. act. Okay. So the Observe stage, obviously you have to... See what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to it than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the orient stage, uh, that's where you take the information you're seeing and you mm-hmm. process it to orient yourself as to where you are. I like it. Again, there's a lot more to that. And, and, and by the way, in the middle of this, I want to say this mm-hmm. This act sounds like it can apply to almost anything in life, a, not just firearms. Exactly. A lot of businesses, Fortune 500 businesses, big, huge businesses have applied this concept to their business models. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's being applied all over. It's been in the gun world for a while. Unfortunately, it's taught incorrectly a lot of the time. Uh-huh. But um, th- there are some good instructors out there that are that understand it and are teaching it correctly. Um, so observe, orient, orient decide. decide. That's fairly routine process. We make decisions all the time. Once you do the first two, especially. Right. Yeah, yeah, so I have this choice, this choice, or this choice. I will take this choice, door one, two, or three. And then act. We 
put our decision into action. So we, we make that happen. So, um, we go over that in the counter criminal psychology class. It's an awesome concept. I, I, uh, I love it. I've been developing that class for several years. It's a much better class today than it was 10 years ago. Um, Sorry for you guys that took it early on, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you don't, you don't get a refund, but it's but, better now. Yeah, it is certainly better. And so uh, I enjoy that class. I enjoy teaching that class. So, uh, and again, uh, this is firearms you at Rowdy's range. And I mean, this isn't a big commercial this, to me. This is incredibly fascinating stuff, Brett, sure. uh, especially I'm kind of like you. I like the psychology of things uh, and the psychology of people. We talked about active shooter situation, and, and you, you know, maybe without even knowing it, you probably need to go over the OODA, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, there's and there's a lot of different things we go over. I don't want to get too far off topic, but a yeah. lot of people, when they get a gun, they they sort of develop a hero complex. I'm going to go <laughs> save the world. Yeah, and that can get you into some trouble. I've got several stories I could talk about i'll we'll move on but um the psychology involved in shooting is much more critical than the actual physical mechanical act of shooting um i can teach anybody to shoot um shooting correctly making sound judgments doing the right thing at the right time is far more difficult especially under stress if you don't have the right mindset if you don't have the right training so that I try and emphasize that in the classes because the mechanical aspect is relatively simple. All right. Uh, any other classes before we move on to phone calls? That kind of covers most of what we do. Um, we're, we're adding new classes all the time. We'll be adding some medical classes. Uh, we have offered um, uh, trauma classes, tourniquet wow. use yeah. uh, as well, and that's taught by uh, a local firefighter. He's awesome. And um, Skyler. But, um, cool. yeah, so we kind of run the gamut on anything anyone might be interested in. Phone number is 673-5890. Let's take a couple of phone calls. We'll start off with Seth. Seth, how you doing? Once upon a time, I bought my wife a Taurus uh, poly protector, a lightweight uh, five-shot revolver um, a pistol. And um, in reading through it, I noticed that it said that a 357 that's the size of the hole can also take a 380 and a, a 38 special and a T and a P plus T and all of these different rounds all over the world shooting through the same gun and I called them up and I said how is it that you can put a 38 round through a smaller hole yeah. that is 357 and the people at Taurus didn't know the answer. <laughs> and I'm just wondering why we have all these whiz-bang um, calibers with the same uh, projectile coming out of the end of it, and why we have to buy 27 different guns that all shoot the same size bullet. Okay. Great question, um, Seth. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the call. And it, it all comes down to marketing. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? It does. Wow. So um, the firearms world is no different than any other market. Um, there's always the new latest whiz-bang thing. This is the best hunting round ever. This is the best handgun round ever. Sure. We've all see, seen in the, the gun magazines all the ink spilled over the newest, latest whiz-bang thing. 
Um, everybody thinks six five Creedmoor is the new hot round. Hmm. Two sixty Remington's been around for a long, long while, and it's almost identical. Pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, thir- in a three fifty seven Magnum, the bullet diameter is actually point three five seven inch. Mm-hmm. In a thirty eight Special, the bullet diameter is point three five seven inch. But it can be right. It says thirty eight. <laughs> uh huh. A forty four <laughs> Magnum is actually point four two nine. Really? Yeah, so don't look at the numbers uh, for the caliber and determine that that's the actual caliber of the bullet. But, yes, three fifty-seven will shoot thirty-eight Special, thirty-eight Special Plus P, and if you can find it, thirty-eight Special Plus P+. Plus. You, you mentioned uh, if you can find it. That has been an issue, obviously, in the, in the uh, you know, gun world is ammunition. Yeah. Is there a type of ammunition where there's actually plenty of it, or, or is it pretty much everything short? 22 actually seems to be okay right now. I know in the last panic, 22 was the first thing that went and hmm. stayed gone the longest. Uh, right now, the difficult ones to find are 9mm, 380, and 223 or 5.56. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I have a 9mm, so it yeah. makes sense. It'll be a minute. It'll, it'll come back. It'll come back. <laughs> it's just going to take a minute, So just and, like every other. And, and that number you gave us a, a couple of months ago, uh, there were how many new gun owners this uh, this in the past year? Five million at that Five point. Million, yeah. And they all need ammo for yep. their new gun. Exactly. If if all of them only want 100 rounds, that's 500 million rounds. Wow. That's a lot of rounds. That's a half a billion with a B. <laughs> oh, so well, it's not as bad as the uh, the uh, trillion dollars that Joe Biden's trying to. Well, yeah, there, yeah, but... you know, we 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 just <clears throat> print that stuff out of thin air. It's yeah. not backed by anything. Wish so. we could all do that. Yeah, you know, we, yeah it'd be or, nice. Or you know, the, my parents always joked about the money tree in the backyard. Yeah, well, just tax people with money, <laughs> and you can keep spending money. So. Uh, any kind of events coming up? Anything uh, with uh, as far as shooting uh, that uh, we should be aware of, Brett? Shooting events? No. Next month we are having a car show. Believe it or not, a car and motorcycle show. Oh, cool! It's called Roscoe's and Rods on June nineteenth. It'll be. Uh, I need to be to that. Absolutely. I, I need to be to that. That sounds fun. I love <laughs> cars. Okay. Uh, I love motorcycles. I love. Gu- I, I, I guess I'm a guy. Yeah. I, I like barbecue too. <laughs> we, so. we, we should throw some barbecue in for your car show. Too. We will have a couple right. of food trucks there. Very popular ones in town. So uh, stop by. There's going to be a ton of cars. We've got great support um, going on for it, and we will be doing a case lot sale. We will have nine millimeter ammunition. Ooh. We will have many cases of it. If you want to buy it by the case. You're welcome to come by and buy some. We don't have it yet, so don't come ask me before. (laughs) You don't want me showing up around and saying, hey, give me that. Yeah, don't show up today. We don't have it, but we will have it on the 19th. You have to pull some strings? It's called networking. Uh, Yeah, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Oh, well, that's that's life. I've been doing a ton of networking lately, (laughs) so that's one good thing about the pandemic is I've gotten to do a lot of networking, and it's, it's paid off. And, and let's be honest, law of supply and demand with bullets in that much demand, they're not going to be as cheap as they used to be. No, I wish they were, but they're yeah. just not. Um, everything in the world right now has gone up at least 100. Steel, aluminum, brass, lead, You know, all the stuff you make bullets with. Yeah. You know? <laughs> OSB to build a house yeah. is $50 a sheet now. I remember when it was $9 a sheet. Everything is, is just horribly expensive right now but if you've been saving your pennies uh, and you need some nine mil ammo we will have some awesome i look forward to that i i was able to get a couple of boxes but it'd be nice to have a little bit more than yeah that. absolutely so uh, and 
Yeah, Brett Pruitt is his name. Rowdy's Range Firearms University is uh, where he comes from. And uh, I think a, a great part of this community, a small business uh, representing local interest. Brett, thanks so much for coming on today. Yeah. Um, honestly, uh, I love Rowdy's Range. You can go down there. I mean, I, I think people think, well, it's just a range. You go, go down there and shoot, but you guys have so much more there. Yeah, we've got accessories. We've got firearms. We do training. We can do a little bit of gun work. We don't work on grandpa's 100 year old 22 rifle um i had a 100 year old shotgun for a while yeah, they're they're cool but <laughs> yeah. they are a pain to work on so <laughs> he's brett pruitt uh brett we will catch you next month also yep. we've got, a, got an agreement we're working on that's it we're going to roll out as a- well so absolutely look forward cool. to it he's brett uh, go go check out rowdy's range over there in the industrial park real quick address Your address 610 yeah. industrial road perfect all right he's brett time now for news thanks for listening